Welcome back. I'm Gary Parr. And I'm Beth Ellicott. And you're listening to the midweek version of Fiber Talk, the twice-weekly podcast for needlework artists. All right, this is the podcast week, so no stitch hour. We'll be back next week with a stitch hour, and that'll be a stitch and chat, so we'll have something to give away and uh, ideas to help you spend your money, because that's what we do. That's right. We're very good at that. We're very good at that. <laughs> yep. Uh, Sunday's guest, oh boy, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one. We haven't recorded it yet. Uh, Susan K. Williams, the chief executive at the Royal School, and Isabella Rosner will be our guests. They're starting a project, which is massive, I'm sure, to digitize the RSN, the Royal School, collection of tapestries, needlework. Wow. Yeah, so we're going yeah. to talk about that, what it's going to be, how it's going to be set up, um, the accessibility, so on and so forth. And, uh, yeah, Isabella Rosner is uh, is heading that up, so we're going to get, get the lowdown on that. Yeah. yeah and I'm, I'm so looking forward to recording that. That is, oh, that's going to be fascinating. And yeah. to talk about how, I mean, that's going to take years. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> to get yeah. that done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway. It'll yeah. be fun to talk to her. Yeah, it's going to be great. And Isabella sent me 15 photos of pieces from the collection, and so we'll do a little slideshow on the um, uh, website page, on the podcast page website. I'll put up a slideshow, and then I'll use all of those in the video that we put up. So you'll be able to see 15 pieces from the collection, and it's um, it's nice viewing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, drool worthy, drool worthy, for sure. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so that'll be Sunday, so that'll be great. Um, coming up, and then we have uh, coming up in May with the Royal School, we'll have a piece uh, on all the work they did behind the scenes kind of thing uh, for the coronation. So that's the next one from the Royal School. Oh. Yep. That, yeah. yeah, that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah. Yeah. We definitely have questions for them for that one. Oh, so. boy. Yep. Yep. And uh, then last Sunday was Kathy Andrews. If you have not listened to that, um, latch on to that. We had a, we had a, that was a fun conversation with her. Well, she's always fun. Um, uh, talking yeah. about samplers and some of the research and yeah. And her, and her, and her class that's coming up. And I, I'd been eyeballing it and I went to a, um, a guild meeting on Saturday and several of my members said, uh, of the guild have already signed up for it. And I thought, oh, good. Um, I think we'll do a little study group with it, maybe. Um, yeah. Within my guild. Um, is it the Trevelon needle case? Right, right. Needlebook, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Needlebook, yeah. So that'll be fun. It's, it's, it's fun to gather as a group. And then you can ask questions if you're stuck on a section. You know, you can get help from each other. But then also, if all of us have the same question, we can all ask it on the online forum right. and and get the answer together and work through it. It's 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 fun to do things like that. Yeah, so. Kathy and I talked about that a little bit in the podcast. I, I think that's something people should look at for any project that, say, a guild does. Or even if just two or three or four of you are getting together or are doing the same project. You know, get pick a day, pick a time, and get together and stitch and help each other out or just enjoy doing the project together. Uh, 
you know, right. meet, meet at a Starbucks in the afternoon when they aren't packed with people and, and uh, stitch. Yeah. Right. Right. And but it's, don't and do it's... it. Don't do it at lunch. Don't, you know, don't no. go in there at lunch or dinner and suck up a table that really is hurting their business. You know, do it in the middle right. of the afternoon. Yeah. Right. Don't, do, don't and, do that. And, <laughs> and actually, actually, um, we've started that. Um, there's a, the grocery store chain around here has um, like a little cafeteria area. Mm-hmm. Well, one of them is not busy in the morning. It's It was dead the last few, um, when we met there. And so we went in and, you know, I ordered, we all ordered drinks or, um, you know, got something to drink. And then we sat and stitched and big table. The light was great. Um, and they were, were working on canvas pieces together. So, um, yeah, it doesn't just have to be the, the Starbucks. Um, you know, some of these, like it is, it's one of those huge, um, grocery store chains. It's a regional chain, but they all have a little cafeteria area and there are dead times. Order some food, you know, maybe order your lunch when you're done or order a breakfast, something, and then sit and stitch when you're done um, eating or before, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, it was, it was, it's nice because um, some of the ladies did not know we're learning how to do needlepoint. And so it was kind of, well, let me show you how to frame up. We did the whole thing right there at the, at the cafeteria. Yeah. It was great fun. And you don't have to rent a room or register, uh, reserve mm-hmm. a place or anything. You just can just show up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if it's dead time, they don't mind. Right. But yeah, don't do it. Uh, those people who sit there at lunch hour and Panera Bread, you know, when people are looking for tables and right. they're sitting there with their laptop and they've obviously been there for two hours and they aren't going anywhere, sucking up an entire table that, you know, over the course of an hour, three or four people could use. I mean, right. that that's a business. They're trying to make money. Get out of there. Um, right. But right. in the afternoon it's- when there's nobody around and the employees are looking for things to do, yeah, they'll be glad to have you. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's perfect because then it's nice and quiet and you can spread out. And... Right. Yeah, but it, you're right. You know, buy a buy a cookie, buy a, a drink, you know, put a little money in their till. And um, right. when, when the dinner rush hour starts to come in or the lunch, then get out of there. Yeah. Right, right. Yep. And, yeah, and, and even – most of my friends are like, okay, well, we're going grocery shopping now because here we are. There you go. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, so, um, that, yeah, it, it was convenient for us. It was, it's a nice, so, you know, think outside the box a little, um, mm-hmm. on those, but yeah. Yeah. And it's fun to gather with the friends and, and stitch on a similar object. Um, even like this is, we're all doing canvas pieces, but, um, I'm looking forward to seeing if we can find a time to meet and work on that um, needle case because, uh, you know, just to help each other along, encourage each other to, to not let it be another UFO sitting in my stack <laughs> of stuff. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, and if, if you're all working on the same one, it's, it's just fun to be, mm-hmm. be in a group. And yeah. And if you have a beginner, like you said, who's never done it before, um, yeah, they, they appreciate the support and it just improves the enthusiasm there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So, yeah. So, yeah. uh, uh, catch that, uh, from Kathy Andrews last week, 
That was um, she's doing some interesting sampler research. the The thing I enjoyed about that is the work. What she's looking into is the history of the various motifs and the text and the alphabets. Yes. Uh, yeah, because we talked about that. It, it, the typical interest is the girl who stitched the thing, and you know that's interesting to a point. But to me, that the other part is what's really interesting. Where do these where do these symbols and motifs come from and you know how do they get moved around the country or across the ocean or any number of things and uh um Kathy's Kathy's doing some work on that so more to come from her on that too yeah 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 that that'll be very interesting very interesting and i know she talked about the sampler guild um which i'm also a member of i don't make many of the it's just a zoom meeting um but they're, again, an interesting group of people who are very interested in researching samplers. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, definitely an interesting group of people involved there. Um, yeah, there's there's getting, maybe it's just because of the people we're connected with, but it seems like there's getting to be more interest in the history end of samplers and learning how they're all interconnected than in the past where it was, you know, I bought people, you know, people everywhere buying samplers and reproducing them and looking up the story of the little girl and writing up a little thing about that and then selling the charts. And, uh, yeah, that's, it's how we all get them and how we enjoy them. But, uh, there seem just seems to be a lot more interest in learning more than just enough to do a chart. And, right, yeah. right, and and you know why are why are the why did they stitch those samplers? You know, it's always like, well, they need to learn their alphabet. Well, okay, is that really true? I always wondered that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, you know, marking samplers or some of the band samplers. You know, why did they do those? Why did and why did it stop? You know, that's the other thing. You know, they they had a short period of time and then they moved to a different, you know, more to spot motifs. And I'm like, or they started with spot and motifs and they moved to these band samplers. Why, why did that happen? Yeah. I just, yeah. And it's, it's a curiosity about all that. Right. Cause, so. cause a lot of, yeah, yeah, it was to, to learn the alphabet and learn so you could stitch names on clothing and do those kinds of things. But a, a lot of the samplers that we, uh, that we have uh, today that we're stitching, uh, those, those are not marking samplers. Those are not, um, uh, training samplers, yeah. their art. Uh, right. so, yeah. Somewhere there was a shift to say, all right, let's do more with this than just rows of alphabets and, and numbers. And, um, yeah, yeah. Cause most of right. what we, most of the ones that sell these days are like the one you just finished from uh, Queenstown. Now that, you know, yes. come on, that was a piece of art, piece of art. That's not some training thing. So you can go get a job. That's, uh, yeah, that's art. So, right. Right. And, and why did they move to mainly cross stitch? That's, that's my burning question. You know, mm-hmm. why did they move from doing satin stitch and Montenegrin and long arm cross to mainly cross stitch? Yeah. Yeah. Cause the older ones have all those stitches. Right. Yeah. You know, a variety of stitches. Yeah. Yeah. How come, how come that went away? Right. Good question. Yeah. yeah just. Human Curious. human laziness, or yeah, or, you know, or, or it was just simple. Uh, yeah, why'd that go away? Right, um, right. 
why did it go out of fashion? You know, mm-hmm. um, because obviously it's a, it's a fashion sort of thing. Right. Too, you know, well, so-and-so is doing cross-stitch. I want to do cross-stitch too. <laughs> right, right. Because that, that bunch of uh, charts that we bought from the Assembler, you know, those, yes. those are all, that's not just cross-stitch. I mean, those are sophisticated stitches and a collection of things. Yeah, why did that go away? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't Cause, know. Because it's, it's, it's <laughs> you know, it's not like embroidery went away. Embroidery didn't go away. So why right. why did those stitches get removed from samplers and we just end up with just making X's? Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, good yeah. point. Good I, point. Kathy, make a list. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy's like, yeah. Yeah. And maybe somebody list. already knows. <laughs> And I'll fill us in. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, that's that's good. Yeah. See, that's to me that that's why people say, uh, and samplers, whatever. But to me, there's there's it's the one aspect of needlework where there's so much more behind just the X's on the linen. Right. And and that makes it to me, that makes it uh even when you're stitching them, the you know, there's just there's so much behind that. That uh, that there isn't on, say, the latest design from Nashville, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, right? Yeah, right. there's more to it. Yeah, yeah. right, right. I um, and I and I think, and I always just wonder, you know, like the the Queenstown has that big bouquet in the center, and there's so many of them that have that big. So when did that come into fashion? Mm-hmm. You know, and I. You know, I'm sure there's um, archives of those things. And I'm like, yeah, so when did it switch from smaller little motifs to this like big floral stuck in the center? Because there's several like that, you know, that I've seen reproduced. And it's like, you know, why is it uh, imitating Berlin work? You know, Mm because that was popular for a while. Yeah. I don't know. Schlichter. I don't know. Schlichter. That's the name of the one you just did. Yeah. Yes, Susan Schlichter, 1845. Right. But yeah, it, exactly that. You see, that's not training somebody to get a job, that big pot of flowers. No way. No, no, no. And that's like this this beloved one that's sitting right in here next to me uh, with the birds in the middle. No, that's that's not training. That's Somebody created that piece of art. And, mm-hmm. and uh, some little girl stitched it. And why? Yeah. Right. Where did that shift happen? Yep. You know, right. and, and, and why was it then, okay, so it's going to be two birds or a big pot of flowers. Then why did they do it in needlework instead of painting or coloring or drawing? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and then I keep thinking what what's hitting in my head just just now is the Baltimore, um, they're Balt- called Baltimore quilts, I think. But they had those big floral applique in um in quilting their applique flower pots and they look very similar to that like that big flower <laughs> in the center of Susan Slichter and I'm like okay so when did that translate into because mm-hmm. they were extraordinarily popular if you go to a quilting museum you'll see them um where they've got these big old different flower and it you know very ornate um, applique on these pieces uh-huh. and you're wondering and and now i'm thinking well how did that translate 
you know, when did that move over to there? And did they both yeah. have the same origin? Yes. Yeah. Yes. See, yeah, that's where, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of it will never be known because the history is just not there, the you know, the written or whatever. But, uh, yeah, those are right. the questions, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. could you could you take those, you know, every one of those flower pot things that are similar, and, and there are plenty of, of needlepoint uh, examples of flower pots, uh, you know, old ones, uh, wool on on canvas or wool on that uh, Penelope canvas. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of those. Yeah, can we take them all back to one or two or three photos or illustrations? Yeah. I don't know. Right. <laughs> right. And or um um yeah, the the books. There's um there was some lady who did ah, she did um books from she did uh, paintings from South America. Um she's very well known and I can't think of her name. Now I'm gonna have to look her up. But um she was she did drawings in of uh, plants and um, bugs was what she's known for. And then they were translated into needlework. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, I'd love to see that, you know, okay, how did that get translated down? Yeah. 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 See? Yeah. So much fun and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. As a dimension. Yeah. All right, we were talking the other day because I was gushing over Vicki Clayton silks. Yes. Holy smokes. There's, you know, there is something to be said and and silks are not cheap. I appreciate it. You know, people say, oh, I can't, I don't want to spend the money on silk. Um, You know, I I, I want DMC and I'm going to get it at Joann's for the cheapest price I can and blah, 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 blah. Man, there's, you get a good silk like Vicki Clayton or NPI or something, a a good silk. There's nothing like it. (laughs) Just nothing like it. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. And and I was telling you, I had to rip something out. Um, I'm working on Modern Folk Embroidery's Sal. Um, I can't I can't remember the name of it, the 2024 Sal. And I had to rip a little section out, you know, just a few stitches. Mm-hmm. And sometimes with some silks, it just shreds. And so you might as well just take it all out, you know, and start a new thread. Yep. This, I could take those few stitches out you know, manipulate my thread just a little bit and I could re-put those stitches in and they look fine yep. without any problem. In yep. fact, I just ripped a huge section out where I made a mistake. And if you were at the point where you needed to use a little section of thread, like you like you had one cross stitch and you had to, you, you're out of thread, um, you could use it. I could have used it. Mm-hmm. And I threw it away because it was a huge section and it was a little fuzzy. But it still looked lovely and it and it just goes through the fabric so nicely it's it's smooth um i was trying another silk and i was just fighting with it and i thought i can use a silk on a smaller project for this huge project i need a good silk i need something that i'm going to be happy with because this is going to take me two years to do Yeah, well, and I, and it, that, it, that Sarah Parr thing that I that I did, and I'm not going to name the thread anymore because I'm not going to beat on them anymore because I love their other stuff. But you know that was that was uh, 
I, want, I don't want to say an irritation, but it was always kind of a thing that hung over the, the project because the silk would get fuzzy. Yeah, if I had to pull anything out, I just pulled it all out and threw it away and started over. And uh, and I went from that to Vicki Clayton silks and you know, exactly that. I, oh, geez, I got to pull these stitches out. I might as well take the whole thing out. Nope, don't have to. Pull them out. Right. Redo it right. Yep, good to go. Yeah. Right, right. And it's just it's just lovely. And it, and it stitches... It's not, I'm not fussing with it as much. Mm -hmm. You know, you get a good tension on it and away you go. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah. And I, I just think they're beautiful. And um, and she comes in such a nice range of colors, too. Um, yeah. Yep. And is, is kind enough, you know, promos for Vicki Clayton, but kind enough to uh, do conversions for you, Um Really, right. I, I mean, she, I, she'd do it on any chart, I think. Uh, mm -hmm. But she'll take uh, the DMC and then find threads uh, from her line of colors and post it, and anybody can have at it. And right, yeah, I, I'm I'm amazed that she does that because that's a lot of time. It uh, is, yeah, it is, and that she put and because there was one, I think it was the um, exemplar um, Jane Turner. I was like. Okay, I could go through her list, I'd find the colors, put them in my cart, and I thought, I'll send her a photo and see if she'll do it for me. And that's what I did. And sure enough, she goes, yeah, I'll get that for you. <laughs> I was like, great. Thank you. Know, you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Because, you know, to look through them after a while, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, but, you know, she's very nice about that, about doing that. And, but her, her silks are lovely. Her silks are just beautiful. Mm -hmm. And in fact, in fact, because Kathy Andrews, I'm thinking about, um, cause I have an e empty, um, scroll bar, which no. is just, a sh yes, this cannot yes, be. <laughs> yes, I do. And so I'm thinking <laughs> what I should do is start Ann Ferguson. And I think I'll start by looking through the silks I already have of Vicki Clayton's and seeing what I think would look good. Because mm -hmm. there's quite a few in Ann Ferguson. Um, mm -hmm. And then going from there. Because I think that piece would be lovely in silk. Because you've got some satin stitching in there. Yeah. And and I really want silk on that. Yeah. Part. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, an empty scroll bar. That's just oh, I can't even imagine that. That's I know, I know. <laughs> it is. Wrong. It is. It's wrong. I got to do something about it, you know. Yeah. Empty empty stretcher <laughs> bars is one thing, but empty scroll bars, you know. No. I, no, absolutely no. not. No. That, that reminds me, yeah, and that reminds me. I got to uh I got to sit down with my charts. I got to find a um a sampler Sing, that I can do single color and do it on uh, that 18 count paper. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's 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 on my horizon to just a simple, you know, cuz it's what 8 and a half by 11 or something size is the paper. Yeah. Uh do it do it over one. I mean, you can do it over one cuz you're not going to have anything collapse. But um yeah, do a, a like a red or red, you know, a single color sampler and um do it on paper. I think that would be cool to do. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. right. yep. And and I, okay, so it's only so big. It's only eight by eleven, but you could do something similar, like your your band sampler. 
right. where you pulled motifs from the um, from Bristol samplers, right. or or pull um, yeah pull motifs from other samplers. But if you're doing it in single color, yeah, you don't want to do that. Yeah, but you, you can have a bigger sampler because you're going to do it over one. So um, right, yeah. Right. So yeah, I got I got to find the right one because it. Uh, I just think it would be really cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, but you know what? And um, I'm I've got to look into it more. But there's um, someone is selling like frames for the perforated paper now. So mm. when you hold them, I was um, when I was in Albuquerque, I was working on my a uh, couple pieces that were perforated paper, and and my problem with that is that it catches on the edge. Now you could tape the edge, but I, I never do that. But there's some sort of magnetic holders that you just slip the paper between it and it holds it tight um, so that you can stitch and it doesn't catch on that edge. And then other people have also complained when they hold the perforated paper, it kind of cramps their hand. Oh. You know, from holding it. Because you're holding it with one hand and stitching with the other. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how you were going to hold that perforated paper if you were going to put it on a frame uh you just gave me an idea hmm. um i'm just going to go downstairs to the old saw and cut some uh thin lengths of wood and then i'm going to buy some uh magnetic tape that comes in a roll with an adhesive back and put a strip on each piece of wood and clamp them together over the, over the perforated paper. That would work. That would work. There's my grip right there. And and because especially (laughs) with something that big, you know, if you, if you're working it in hand, I would think after a while it would get dirty, you know, you're holding it and the edge is going to get dirty and you're going to get mad. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's going to catch the edges. It's, it's like canvas. Well, I actually just, had been thinking that when I do it, I would put uh, get some cotton gloves. Hmm. Because, yeah, you're right. After a while, the oil is going to get into that paper. But now, if I make these just, you know, because you could just do little wood slats. And, right. And uh, put the uh, uh, magnetic tape on. If you do it on both sides, it should, it should uh, be strong enough to get through and hold together. Hmm. Right. That's a great idea. Oh, I got to talk to my um, woodworking husband. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> he needs a project. Yeah, scrap uh, lumber. Yep. Right. Use it. Right. And and I know I have magnetic tape from kids' projects in the basement, so there's got to be some of that too. Or I know when my son made me my bead box, he put um, those little um, rare earth magnets in it. And that mm-hmm. really does snap close good. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that means you'd have to drill a little hole and put it in and make it flush. And yeah, no, I can tell that's not going to happen already. So I'm <laughs> <laughs> just talking about it. He's like looking at me like, "Are you out of your mind, woman?" <laughs> uh, I think the uh, the tape, the magnetic tape, that'll probably do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't need yeah. a lot. No. Okay, no. there we go. Scrap oh. lumber to the rescue. That's why you never throw away lumber from a project. That's right, because you're going to need it. 
It looks like it something. might. Uh, it looks like it might accumulate and like it should just be thrown away. But nope, nope. Is that what you tell Marga? Yeah, <laughs> that's actually what I tell myself. <laughs> Throw that away. No, and then no. And then you know I've got little pieces of two by four cut off. You know, that just uh, cut off the end. I stack those suckers up. I can't tell you how many times I've used them to prop up a painted something while I'm painting it or. Mm-hmm. Um, or I use it to um, uh, hold something up while I'm drilling a hole in it or whatever, yeah. Right, right. You need them. You I keep need them. them all. I keep them all, yep. <laughs> yeah, and I should, yeah, I should throw some away, but nope, not going to happen. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so, oh, so I was going to ask you now, so we talked Vicki Clayton. I love NPI Silk and Vicki Clayton because now you've got me addicted to it. But I've never stitched with 103. Is that is that that uh, quality too? Is that really easy to stitch with? I I really like it. It's um, it is round. Um, so it's I don't know how to describe it. So it's it's got a twist to it. So it's mm-hmm. more like you know how pearl cottons. I consider pearl cotton round. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's but it's very nice. It's like uh, it's I think it's a little thinner than a regular thread. So if you need something very, if you're doing over one on a high count, um, it's perfect for that. And Mm -hmm. actually I used it on the Susan Schlichter because there's some over one. And I, I did some with the MC and swore while I did it. And then I used (laughs) the, (laughs) and then I went and I was like, I'm going to pull colors that I have, and I use that and um, Swasserfine um, on some of it because I didn't have the right color. So I thought, well, I'll just use the Swasserfine, and then it looks nice. It's fine, um, but it's just lovely over one mm-hmm. uh, for doing over one. And then I used it for Spring Hill. We had that conversion with Kathy Ray, yeah, and um, of Rosewood um, Manners piece, and that was just beautiful to stitch. It, it does have a nice shine, um, and I like it because it is it's it's just a single thread, and it's just nice to use. It's smooth to stitch with, and that's the way it comes. You don't you don't uh, separate it, right? You don't separate it. You just use it as is. Yeah, yeah. And I know people use a lot of the Swasserfine or the hundred three on the really high count linens. Mm-hmm. I, I just. On 45 count, I'm using um, Vicky Clayton silks, um, and it's got beautiful coverage, and it's it's nice. Um, but I think you could go to the 103 on the 45 count, mm-hmm. but it'll be a little thinner. So, so the 103 to fill in, you need what 50, 60 count? I I use Swasserfine for the 50. Okay. 60 count. And then I, I use, um, 103 on the 45. Okay. So, but that's just what I like. And other people use 103 on the higher counts cause they like it a little plumper. Mm-hmm. And I think it has to do with how hard you tug on it because we're working on the 17th century by thistle threads, the white work sampler, and I had to use move to the 45 count with the Swa Goblin because I couldn't get, I just couldn't pull it tight enough. Okay. And 
and our friend Deb DeCrane's using the same threads, but she's using the 5263 fabric, and hers is beautiful. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that's her Japanese embroidery training, where she can really give it a good... <laughs> she, her tension's a little tighter than mine. And mm-hmm. I, I just know my tension is looser. Yeah. And so I was struggling, and I thought, why, why am I torturing myself? Just to say I did it on this high count. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I'm, I'm moving to something else. Yeah, there's no badge for that. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> I, I mean, and hers is beautiful, I, I, you know, um, but it's it's lovely stitching with a swag goblin on that 45 count. Mm-hmm. But it's, I know that's, I should go. Well, I'm, I'm going to move, so if I make noise, sorry, people. I'm okay. going to go look. Um, <laughs> I think, because I can see my my pieces across the room, I think it's, I don't know how you would tell somebody, and some Kathy Ray would know, um, but is the Swag Goblin thicker than the Vicky Clayton, I'm going to push them both next to each other. I'll we'll, I'll send you a photo later. So maybe okay. look. I think I think the Goblin's thicker, thicker just than a Vicky little Clayton. bit. Mm-hmm. And I know it's thicker than the 103. Mm-hmm. So, but it's it's lovely stuff. Hmm. It has a beautiful. All of them have a beautiful sheen, and I think that's what I like about the um, the silk. Yeah. It has a shine to it that. The cotton doesn't have, mm-hmm. but nothing against good old DMC because that's what I did. Susan Schlichter it. Yep, and that's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. It's there's there's nothing. DMC's beautiful. Yep. DMC's beautiful. Oh yeah, we've seen that time and time and time again where somebody will do you know one or the other is doing silk, and then somebody comes along with the same design in DMC, and uh, yeah. It right. It's right. as good or sometimes better. Uh, sometimes right. the colors are richer and better. And um, right. because because DMC has such a huge range, you right. know. You now maybe a Verisois has a range. Do they have the same range of colors? I couldn't tell I you. It's got to be close. I don't know. Yeah, but but still. You know, DMC has a huge range, so you can you can really add depth to your piece. Mm-hmm. But you got me yeah. thinking here: is is it next level stitching? If you know, let's just take just samplers because they're easy to talk about. You're doing a sampler. Is it next level stitching to start? depending on on what the motif is or whatever you're trying to achieve to start playing with round or flat threads to create dimension would they would they give enough dimension dimensional change to matter or are you just monkeying around the monkey round i don't know i don't know you know and it would depend on the piece you know because I've often wondered about changing some of the stitches on on some of the motifs on pieces as I'm stitching and you're doing all this cross stitch and I think, oh, I wonder what this would look like if I if I did a bunch of Smyrna crosses or if I made this into a satin stitch instead of mm-hmm. doing it as charted. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. But I don't know if a round, a round silk versus the flat would make a difference. Yeah. Well, it, I, I'm confident it would if you're using flat like they use in Japanese embroidery. Because mm-hmm. I mean that stuff's like ribbon flat. Right. But yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I just just was thinking, would would it be you know, and it, would it be enough of a change that you wouldn't pick it up looking at it, but the overall impact would be altered enough that it would carry more meaning? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know either. Probably probably more hassle than it's worth, but you know, whatever. <laughs> right. I just I do know that like if you when you put those satin stitches in with the the silk on a sampler. Oh, when yeah. you get that right, it just shines. Yeah. It just shines. There's just no going around it. No, no. That's, uh, yeah, getting it right. You lay it right. You get the tension right. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. 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 Things to think about. All right, you just came back from uh, New Mexico. Oh, that was fun. I'm not going <laughs> to ask how much money you spent. But I will ask, did you have to ship at home UPS or were you able to carry what you bought? I, I was able to carry what I bought okay. and it did come home with me on my backpack um, versus uh, going into the belly of the plane. So <laughs> good move there. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was. It was especially considering my flight. It was it was very good. It was very good. Yeah. Um, but um, I it was fun. Um, I went to the cross-stitch store, which was the Stitcher's Garden. And what I found interesting was she's one of the few places, I think, that still cuts fabric to size. And my niece was with me, and that's why I went to that shop first, is she said she wanted to learn to stitch. Mm. So I said, great, we'll go to the cross-stitch store and see if there's something there. And Of course, she found something. But the owner says, I will cut you a, a piece to size whatever piece of fabric you need for this little piece i'll cut it and i was like wow you know most stores don't do that anymore because it's a lot ends up being a lot of waste yeah, um, yeah. for them and it's a lot of work it, it is work but she said that her customers are so used to it that they'd rebel if she didn't do it so <laughs> <laughs> yeah because because it does it does because they end up with these little strips of cloth and little squares mm-hmm. that you really can't do a whole lot with yeah and and right and actually, we looked, she had a whole basket of those. And because it was a small project, we started looking through those first. I said, let's look and see if we can find a scrap mm-hmm. that she has. And, um, but of course, no, not in the right color, not the color she wanted. So, but that was, it was fun. It was fun to shop with my niece because she was very excited to learn. Um, she picked the first few projects she picked for, it was like, well, that might be a little hard. So we picked, picked something that just had two colors in it. I, um, the owner again suggested just using a DMC f- for the white because you couldn't see the variegation mm-hmm. and then a variegated for the other part, which, you know, it's fun to play with those if you've never stitched with a variegated thread. And so she was pretty excited. And then we went to the needlepoint store, which is where I was excited because that was just <laughs> wall to wall threads. <laughs> and, um, I picked the nice thing was, I, she had some, she had big rolls of canvas and, um, I was picking canvas for Fibonacci square 
And she goes, oh, um, and I don't know her name, and I need to find out who who had their piece. But um, she had one of her um, teachers had stitched Fibonacci square. So we pulled that, carried that around with us <laughs> while I was pulling colors, because that way it helped us decide you know, what colors I needed to pick for my canvas and for threads. So I ended up picking two just, pieces just of to, canvas. I, I interrupt you here. Just to be clear, we're talking about uh, Fibonacci swirls, right? Swirls. I call it, yeah. I call it squares. Fibonacci, yeah, okay. And that's they the, uh, the uh, Cyber Pointers March Project. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And, right. And it's in the ANG magazine if you have yeah. it. Just, so, just to make sure people didn't get confused there. <laughs> yes, always, always. I'm always confused. But because she had so much canvas, I went ahead and picked two pieces of canvas because I thought, I don't live close to a store that has this. Mm -hmm. I might as well just pick them both up. And then we picked two colorways. So now I have two colorways to stitch on um, Fibonacci swirls. And that was fun to pull colors. And she was very helpful and you know, we laid them out. And we were like, oh, no, that doesn't look right. Oh, yeah, that looks good. And just kept playing with the, the threads there with her. So. All right. Now, back up the truck here. So now you walked out. You, you flew home from, from Albuquerque with two colorways, threads and canvas for Fibonacci swirls. Yes. Was that because you just were having great fun doing that or you intend to do it twice or you're going to decide later which one to do? Um, I'll probably try to do it. She says, simultaneously. Yes, yes, all of that. <laughs> yes, all of that. Yes. Um, I'll probably try to do it in both, do both of them at the same time. Okay. And just to play with the colors because one canvas is turquoise and one is um, like a yellow um I think it's called buttercream or something, but it's a, it's, it's a nice, pretty yellow. The turquoise canvas with the threads, we're like, everyone who sees that picture, they're like, oh yeah, that's the one. It just sings. It, we could pull the colors. It just looks great. The other one looks okay, but we just didn't get it to make magic. You know how sometimes you, you pull colors and you're like, yes, that's just right. It, yeah. it looks great. This other one is like, it looks good, but not perfect. So I'm hoping what I can do is I'll probably pull from my own stash and see if something else would make that really work. Okay. But, I, but I'm planning on doing both at the same time is my hope. Hmm. All right. Because so I can, I, I, there was a time when I would work a piece and I generally worked it at least three times if it was needlepoint. Hmm. Um, I would I would do it maybe the way it was charted, and then I'd say, ah, what if I do this? And then I'd change it, and then inevitably the guild would say, oh, do you want to teach that? And so I'd, I'd do it one more time while I taught it. Um, so hmm. a lot of times I like doing things more than once because then I can really see how to change the colors. And if you're a member of Cyber Pointers, someone posted recently a photo of their Fibonacci swirls. And she used threads from her stash. She said she changed some of the stitches. And then she added something. You know how it's got blank canvas in um, yeah. the four corners? Yeah. She added something there. 
Okay. And it was just beautiful um, what she did. And she said, yeah, I just used threads for my stash. And I thought, oh, <laughs> I should challenge myself to do that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because you know I have stash. It's, it's or in, yeah. Or inventory as um, – Right. As Cindy would say. Yeah, you've transcended, moved on from stash to inventory, yes. Yeah. So Okay, so I find this interesting. So you have, because you, well, you sent a picture or posted a picture uh, of one of your colorways. And, and yeah, so you have one that you know that's locked in. But the yeah. other's still a work in progress then. Yes, because it's not, there's, it likes, it needs something else to it. It needs something removed and something else added to it to make it just be better. Yeah. And it will come to and, you. And it'll come to me and, and it'll be a matter of pulling threads that I already have. And I think the problem is um, the yellow. There's, if you quilt, um, that's one of the hardest colors to find, I think, or it used to be because it, it was, you know, you either had like, lemon yellow mm -hmm. or you had like mustard yellow or you had something in between, but it was just never quite the right color of yellow. Yeah. Um, and because I dye my own threads, I might look through some of those and see if I have a yellow that would work mm -hmm. because that might be the problem. It might just be, I need to pull because most of them are they're either too bright or they have too much orange in them. Mm -hmm. Or they look muddy, like a mustardy color, and that wasn't right either. Yeah. So it's like you had I had to find something in between. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, well, and that's interesting. Yeah, you don't see much. You don't see much yellow in any design, and it must be because it's just so hard to get the right one. Right, and it's and it will. It's like using a whole lot of. If you use just a little bit of red, your eye will be drawn to it. Mm -hmm. If you use too much, it looks like you've bled on the piece. <laughs> <laughs> so it's got to have that right balance. And I think yellow might be the same way. So I often I wonder if that's why the other colorway with the purples and the turquoise worked, because the turquoisey green acts as that kind of yellow. Because uh -huh. so I don't know. Maybe I'll move more to a yellow green on the other colorway, yeah. not turquoise, but something. Yeah. I'll have to pull it out and look at it some more. All right. But it was, but it was fun <laughs> to pull through those threads, Gary, you know, you're, you're lucky that you have needlepoint stores close to you that you can look at threads, physically look through threads. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's, if, if you want to see variety of threads, that's mm -hmm. where you go. Let's go to a needlepoint store. Right. Yeah, because they'll have a much bigger variety um, than than say a cross stitch store. Yeah, right, right, right. And and my niece had a good time because she she had never seen variegated threads. So I set oh. her in front of the Threadworks cottons. And I said, <laughs> "You can pick two for you, and two for your sister who also does um, she does embroidery." Mm -hmm. And I said, you can pick each. And so she was FaceTiming with her sister. You can pick two of these colors. So <laughs> they, that kept her occupied while I, I did my shopping. <laughs> there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you taught her to stitch. What, mm -hmm. what were the biggest hurdles as you're teaching her? 
Um, we really needed more time is one thing. Yeah. I, I, we ran out of time. So I, I forgot how long that takes to teach someone, you know, from start to finish how to, you know, how to, how to keep your thread needle threaded, um, how to start it, how to start, how to stop, um, all those things she needed to be taught. She knew some, she knew mm -hmm. how to thread a needle, um, but she didn't know how to apply thread, um, what she needed to learn. Yeah. Um, so that was time and, and I should have factored that in. Um, yeah. I didn't know my brother was going to pick her up so soon. That's <laughs> the deal. <laughs> Blame it on uh, your brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. needed more time with my niece. But but the other thing was um, just sitting down with her. Um, and I should have – she had picked two projects she really, really liked. And I should have said – I should have had her start the Needlepoint project first. Cause that's the project she loved. Oh. And it was one of those, um, stitch and zips, um, where it's all finished for you. Okay. Um, I don't, um, you can get them about anywhere, but it's a, it's a canvas that's been printed, um, screen printed. So it's not perfectly thread painted, Yeah. but everything's in there. And I, and I should have shown her how to start that piece. She did come the next day and set and ask, how do I do this? And I was like, Oh, this probably would have been the first, should have been the first. <laughs> Cause it, it was just a, it's just a half cross. So it goes really, really fast yeah. instead of doing the full cross stitch. Hmm. But yeah, no, I, I just I, wonder because yeah, when, when you get somebody who's just starting things, mm -hmm. we take for granted. I'm sure that it was more than once like, Oh yeah, that's right. I, I don't even think about that. But right. for a new person, it's, well, it's a, it's a step. Right. And teaching to how to read a graph, we kind of went over that and I knew she would catch on quick. She's, you know, got a science mind. It's, you know, reading, you know, had to go over two. So at first she was counting every single thread. We started her on an even weave. Um, I don't know. I think it was 28 or 32 count, um, even weave. And so it was like, Oh, but not linen. Mm hmm. Um, Lugana or whatever it is. Yeah. And so she was counting every thread to find where she was so supposed to be. And then all of a sudden she was like, oh, I just need to go here. And I looked and I was like, yep, that's the right spot. <laughs> so all of a sudden she knew she could see the grid. She could see her, what she was, you know, the pattern. Because you, you don't normally count one, two, and then here, I'm going to go up here. You just go right over two linen threads. Mm-hmm. And, but to teach her to do that, you had, she had to count it first. Yeah. And yeah. then once she got it, she was like, oh yeah, this is easy. <laughs> and then we discussed how to go around a pattern, um, to go up and then go back down and then to go around. So she covered her whole little motif and then to end and then start the next motif. So you know, how do you get around a motif? How, you know, how do you go from uh, one point to another um, yeah. with something she, I needed to, to show her? Yeah. And, and for us, it's just automatic. Well, obviously you go here or maybe this is a better path. You don't necessarily think it over too well. Right. You know, you just do it. You just right. get so used to doing it. But that she needed to be shown that. 
Yeah. And that kind of surprised me. Hmm. But then I was like, no, of course, duh. Yeah, well, and, and that's an interesting thing. Uh, uh, Mary Corbett's blog this week, uh, her Monday blog, is is about that. You know, how, how do you tackle a project? And, of course, she's doing it from an embroidery perspective. But what what elements do you do first and second? Where do you start? Um, you know, do you do the same all the same color pieces at once? I mean, it, yeah, there's something uh, something there to mm-hmm. f- for everyone to think about. Uh, you know, a lot of times the the designer will say start in upper left and go this way. Um, you know, or you know, like Gay Ann Rogers, it's very common for her to you know start in the middle, and if you don't, you're gonna you'll regret it. So just <laughs> do what she says. But um, yeah, I think that's an interesting aspect. Anyway, how do you approach a project? in in terms of what do I stitch first and what do I stitch second and uh you know all the way through and then of course I'm a I'm a big proponent of of sitting taking a moment before you start a section and figuring out your stitch path you know wh- where are you going to go with this and uh, particularly in cross stitch you know you I I think there's a lot to be said for how are you going to stitch if you have a, a little branchy tree or something? How are you going to go about that? You're going to start at the trunk and you're going to go half crosses out to this branch and back, and are you going to try and do two branches in one thread? And you know, to me, it's there's a lot of that that pays off if you sit just take a moment to think about it. Right, right, and then because then you're you know you're keeping your stitching a little neater. If, mm-hmm. you, if you're thinking about it and it, and it makes a difference when you end up framing the thing yeah. or finishing it off. And that's yep. the important part. And then I'm working on, I was working on a gold work heart and I realized, Oh, um, I went, I went, I outlined it and I thought, Oh, I'm not supposed to do that yet. I was supposed to put the little flame in before mm-hmm. I did the outline and now I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, okay, I'm sure I can fix it. I'm sure it's fixable and I can work on it, but it's, it's like, well, if I'd followed the directions better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but again, it, it's that thinking I was, you know, trying to see what I could do and it's, it's not, um, unfixable, but it would have been better if I'd stopped and I'd said, okay, shouldn't the flame go in because it's going to go underneath these stitches right and that would have been yeah duh (laughs) but anyway yeah but those are the things that are worth uh, analyzing and thinking about whether the designer gives those instructions or not right you know and and are you if you do this section and then do the surrounding stuff are you going to be fighting with the threads that are already in place as you try to stitch it, where if you flipped it around, would it go better? Right. And and what about what's on the back side? Are you going to end up punching through threads on the back side and making life miserable and scarring up your thread? Where if you'd have done it the other way, you'd have clear cloth and not have that problem. Uh, right. I, yeah. I I think that stuff's worth you know just pausing for a moment and analyzing what you're going to do and where you're going to go with it. Uh, I think overall you end up with a better product. Right. And even, and, and two, if you think about it for a moment, sometimes you'll save yourself counting errors mm-hmm. on, on, 
um, cross stitch pieces, especially um, yep. because if you say, well, I'm going to do this motif here, but you've got to count um, all the way. And that's one thing I taught my niece is like, okay, let's start with this little motif here. You've, we've given you three inches of room all around this piece. So you have lots and lots of space. So even if you're a couple of threads off, it's really close to the edge. So it'll be fine. Yeah. You know, if you start right here. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and that makes a difference. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Any Anything that simplifies the counting makes a difference for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You right. Put, put this right. here and then you can use the edge of this to get to the next one. And, uh, right. you know, the, the, the first stitch on the next one is on the same line or the same space and it's only 10 away, so you know you're starting in the right spot. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you can right. help yourself a lot. Yeah. Yeah. We're thinking about, all right, we need to do an overrated, underrated. Okay. Oh, we just did it. Here, I had one, I had it on the list, determining a stitch path. Overrated or underrated? Way underrated it's, for me. Uh, yeah, yeah, way underrated. Yeah. Way underrated. Yep. Okay, I do have one, one, one more I want to ask you. What about needlework books? Overrated, underrated? Um, that's a good one. I'm going to say underrated. Yeah, I think so. Because working on that gold work piece, I went and pulled the books that I just received um, for Christmas and started looking through them to see, to get some more information about doing gold work. And then it's there. I can open it up. It's, you know, 11 o'clock at night. I don't, yeah, <laughs> I can read through the book and, and, and find the information I want. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And, and I would, you know, and I would say underrated because if you, gold work is a classic example. Now there, I think if you have, a couple of good gold work books because then you can see, well, these two authors both do this particular thing the same way, or this author has a little different approach and that speaks to me more. So I'm more mm -hmm. comfortable with that approach. It gives you some, it gives you some uh, cross-reference sources if you have a couple of books and, and gold work is a classic uh, white work, hard anger, that kind of thing is another place where uh, a good book, a good Yvette Stanton quality book, way underrated because it will it will just make things so much easier and enjoyable. Yeah. Right. Right. And even just looking through um, the materialists um, for the gold work, they're all they're, um, one of my one of the two books that I was looking through. It listed whether the um, the gold work P metal, the thread you're using is going to be shiny or if it's going to be dull. And it listed, had a whole list of them mm. in a, in order, you mm -hmm. know, so that way you can decide, Oh, I want this part to be really shiny or, or no, I want, I don't want that as shiny. I want it to be a little dull. And I was like, Ooh, all right. Now, now that gives me ideas right. uh, on playing with these threads that I already have that I've never used and I don't know how to use them. But now it, it, it kind of gives you that creativity. Right. Right. Yeah. Step out of bounds. Yep. Yeah. 
No, uh, needlework books, uh, to have a small library of them, yeah, that's underrated. Mm -hmm. They're worth having, yep. Right, right. Yeah, because Sunday night, late, you're stitching, can't call somebody for help. Oh, I've got a book that that stitch was in there. Let me uh, haul that out and see how that's done, yeah. Right, right, Mm -hmm. right. And get ideas from. um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, that, that, yeah, I'd like to do this. How do I do this? And right. take out a couple of books, and there it is. Yep. So underrated there. Have you ever taken a book to Office Max or whatever? I don't even know what they're called anymore. And had them chop the spine and put a, a spiral thing on so it'll lay flat? It seems like I've had it done one time, and it's been a long time. But I'm wondering um, if I don't need to do that to the at least one of these cold workbooks so it mm-hmm. lay flat so i can have it close by while i'm stitching on the page i want it without having to put something heavy on top yeah. so the book doesn't close yeah and i would think like the yvette stanton ones would especially benefit from that mm-hmm. because um i was working on a frisian piece and the book kept closing on me and i'm like oh. <laughs> yep yeah yeah. And that would be, yeah, that'd be a good idea. It goes against everything I've ever felt or learned about books, which is to protect them and treasure them and right. don't, don't let them all get beat up and dirty. But, and it would be really hard for me to do it, but I've never, never done it. But, uh, there's for, for needlework books, like, yeah, I, I know I've been in that spot where I don't have two things heavy enough to hold this book open at the spot where I want it open. Right. Yeah. Or you're flipping like, I was flipping between a couple of pages. I was learning a stitch and then I was um, looking at a picture. And so I was going back and forth and I was like, this is, this is a pain. Yeah. <laughs> now, and again, I could, I, I hate to make a working copy of something like that. Right. Um, Cause it just doesn't seem right mm-hmm. on that. It's different if it were like a, um, I did make a working copy of a section of the pattern but that was just because the pattern was so huge. I needed a small piece of it. Yeah. Um, but again, for my own personal use, it's been going to be destroyed. You know. Right. Right. <laughs> it's, it's trash. But, but, you know, I don't. I don't know. I didn't necessarily want to do that with the stitch itself. Yeah. So. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, some people that's normal. They'll get a book and mm-hmm. off it goes to chop the spine off and make it a. You know, make it spiral bound so it'll lay flat and i gotta believe that's you you feel good about it. oh man i just that's really hard for me to say to someone here chop the spine <laughs> off this book <laughs> yes yeah because you yeah yeah Ugh. I, under, I understand i but totally understand yeah, but they don't lay open yeah they're a battle yep mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah i i yeah good library is worth having yep Yep. And Absolutely. even if even if you're never going to do a project, there's resources in there that are worth it's worth having. Yep. Right. Right. You don't necessarily need it for the projects within the book, but uh, um, yeah, the helpful hints, whatever mm-hmm. is in yep. there. Ideas. Yep. All right. That's enough. Got to stop. All right. Oh, geez. I, yeah, I guess we do have to stop. Okay. All right. Uh, Sunday, Royal School of Needlework, uh, the project of uh, digitizing. The entire Royal School collection, headed up by Isabella Rosner, 
holy smokes, that woman's got a job on her hands coming up. Yes, I have does. a feeling. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, uh, that's it. Next Wednesday we'll have a Stitch Hour. So there we go. Thanks for listening. Bye.